Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, the last time we left off, we were in uh, Daniel chapter 4. We kind of got, I think, up to verse 18. And so we're going to finish up verses 19 through 37 tonight. And I entitled this simply, The King's Testimony from Pride to Humility uh, to Belief, uh, Part 2. And so let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. Uh, We do pray and just lift up those that uh, I know that we have some in Calvary Chapel that are um, struggling with COVID, that are in the hospital, that are actually Sandy Adams' son. Uh, And there's another pastor as well that uh, both are on ventilators, Lord. So we pray uh, just for healing for them. Uh, We ask, Lord, that you just continue to to surround them with doctors that uh, give them the wisdom and direction uh, to get them uh, back on their feet, Lord, and um, and back to to preaching. Uh, We thank you so much for this church, and we pray for uh, this building. We ask, Lord, that you just continue to... Uh, to be with each of us, uh, those that are watching online and uh, those that are here, Lord, we ask that you just continue to help us and guide us to be in your word so we can seek application. And uh, we thank you so much just for all that you're doing. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, I'm not sure if y'all saw it, but on Facebook, just to FYI, the food bank uh, registration is up already. And that's going to go quick because I think it's not until February 7th uh, is the Monday, the first Monday of the month. So food bank distribution, VFW, 9 o'clock in the morning till the food runs out. But it's, it's better if you register online. And uh, Rich, if you're watching this, um, if you want us to pick up for your dad, you need to reg- register your dad, and we'll pick it up and take it to him wherever he's at in the area and make sure he gets the food. So just wanted to make sure y'all got that. Um, Daniel chapter 4. So in Daniel, last when we left off, we're, we're some decades away from where uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into the burning uh, fiery furnace. And we're actually in the middle of King Nebuchadnezzar's testimony. And so King Nebuchadnezzar actually had another dream. And in this this dream that we're going to go over tonight, Daniel's going to, again, interpret the dream for him. Um, But there's been some years that have passed. And so Daniel's around 60 years old now. So, you know, he was 16, 15, 16 years old uh, when we first came onto the scene. and, And now he's around 60. And so uh, one of the things that I love about this verse and, and as we, we dive into it is, is Daniel's heart and compassion for the lost. I mean, he had, a, he had a heart for wanting to see the king come to know God. And uh, I, I pray that we, we get that as well as we... Uh, uh, and and it, from, the, from the text, we, we know that 
that one of the things that King Nebuchadnezzar wanted was to uh, to reach all people because he says that in verse verses one and two of Daniel chapter four. Nebuchadnezzar the king to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. So he wanted everyone to know what God had did for him. And he sent out the letter for that to happen. And uh, one of the things that we're going to see is the, the battle of pride that Nebuchadnezzar has and how God is going to humble him and then bring him to belief. And one of the things that you need to remember is that it is the same pride uh, that Adam and Eve had to become gods that drove them out of the, the garden. And Satan used that. And it's the same pride that we saw this past weekend as Jesus was rebuked by Peter because Peter thought he knew what was better for Christ than Christ did. It's that same pride. And it's that same pride... That, that trips up so many people because it's the, the, a disease that, that just causes people to fall. And, and the, the devil uses it all the time. And what is God's cure for pride? Humility. It's humility. God will humble you. And, and you know, we don't pray. And I know for myself, I've, I've, I've heard people that pray that way where they say, man, I'm going to pray for God to humble him so he'll come to know faith. God's going to press and press and press. And when he gets to that point of pressing, it gets harder and harder the more he presses as he's trying to get, get in contact with you to get you to turn away from your sin or, or, or to, um, uh, to, to get your intention to follow him. And so uh, one of the things we see is that tonight. Um, the other thing that we'll see quite a bit is you're going to see the word most high, most high, the most high God. And so this is the same thing that Lucifer wanted to be, the Most High. Um, in Isaiah 14, 14, it says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This is what, what, what Satan wanted. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, it says, For such are, are, are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no wonder from Satan himself transform himself into an angel of light. And so when we are following the darkness or following the things that Satan, because Satan will become an angel of light, and uh, it looks to be, and we're, we're going to dive into that quite a bit this weekend as we talk about transformation and what it, the cost is to be a disciple of Christ. There's a lot of false... There's a lot of people that are in church that don't have a relationship with Christ. And what I mean by that is they're in church on Sunday, and on Monday their life reflects nothing of Christ, Monday through Saturday. And, and so it, it's a reminder to us as well, you know, that, that, that the devil uses that light to trick people. That's why we see false, false teachers all the time that are falling. Uh, people that are, are, are um, acting as if they're Christian, but they're not. Abraham, uh, actually, when, when he was dealing with Lot's captivity, talked about this in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. And it says, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram uh, of God most high, uh, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the God of Most High who has given 
uh, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave them, gave him a tithe of all. And so as we see that word most high used, that is a, a word that's used throughout the book of Daniel, and so that's why it's used as much as it is. And, and so let's dive into verse 19. It says, Then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, uh, was astonished for the time, and, thoughts, uh, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or the interpretation trouble you. Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. So Daniel is shown the dream this time immediately. He knows the dream immediately, and he knows it's not good. And so he's, he's astonished. He's shocked. He's troubled, and, and he has compassion for the king. Now remember, Daniel's worked for this guy for 45 years. And so he, you, even though he's murderous, you know, uh, and, and has done a lot of wicked things, Daniel still wants to see him come to know his God. And, and it, his heart is breaking for this man because he understands what the dream means in the interpretation. And it's the same compassion that Jesus has for us. It's the same compassion that Jesus had for Jerusalem as he, as he wept over Jerusalem in Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44. It says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this, day, in this your day, the things that you make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. And that's Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. And this is the same thing with Daniel. Daniel is astonished and, and actually is, is understanding what's going to happen to um, you know, to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and so we can have one or two expressions that can happen when, when we come to somebody who's lost. You can either have compassion on him or you can be like Jonah. Jonah had no compassion on anybody when he went to Nineveh. He could care less if they all died. And in and, and, and Jonah chapter 4, uh, verses 9 and 11, it says, Then, Jonah said, uh, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, is it right for me to be angry even to death? But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And you should not pity Nineveh, the great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and much livestock, and yet, you know, are you going to be like Jesus and Daniel, or are you going to be like Jonah? Because Jonah could have cared less about those 120,000 people. He couldn't care. Didn't care if they came to know God or not. Didn't care if they repented. And so for us, we need to ask ourselves, when we have uh, an understanding, like we need to look at our testimony, the way that God saved us to remind us the compassion that God had for us. 
and, and, and have that same compassion for those that are lost or for those that are struggling in sin. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, it says, This is a faithful saying, this is Apostle Paul, and worthy of all accepting that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show a long-suffering as pattern of those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. You have to remind yourself that God saved you. God saved you. God had compassion and saved you when you were lost. In John 3, verses 30, uh, 36, and you'll hear this verse again this weekend, is very simply how the gospel should be shared. This verse explains it very simply. It says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. You have eternity with Christ. You repent. You ask Christ into your heart. You have eternity. But it says in, in the remainder of the verse, And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now see, people don't want to hear that. People want to hear, you know, they want the, the loving God, the grace God, the mercy God. And I, I'm all for that. But you also have to understand there is going to be judgment. And that God is going to judge our sin. That's going to happen. Just like King Nebuchadnezzar. This man had everything. Everything. And yet he was tempting God again. And he had seen God work. He had seen God work through the first dream with Daniel. And also seen God work as, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were saved in the fiery furnace. He knew that God was real. And, and yet he's going to struggle with turning from his sin. The other thing we need to remember is that if we uh, keep before your mind the terrible reality of entering eternity without Christ. Because you are going to have eternity without Christ if you don't turn from your sin and repent. Jude chapter 1, verses 22 and 23 says this, and, and on some have compassion, make a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. We reject sin, but we help the sinner. That's the compassion that we should have. We reject the sin. You need to be very truthful with them about their sin. You need to be, it needs to be given with grace and truth. That grace needs to be there. It's not like you've beaten them over the head with it. But you need to be truthful about their sin. That if they don't turn from their sin, they, their eternal destination is hell. It's very important for us to start sharing the gospel to the people of divine. Asking people, hey, do you, have, you want to come to church? Because there's a lot of people that show up to church. They show up to church for what? Funerals, weddings, Christmas, and Easter. And they're not saved. They go because somebody died or somebody's getting married or somebody dragged them to church on Easter or Christmas. And there are a lot of people. When I go home, I'm like, or when I'm coming into church, there are people outside working in their yards and stuff. And I'm like, why aren't they in church? I know when I grew up in a small town, you went to church. That was something you did. And, and, and so when you start losing that in your small town, you got problems. Because this is usually the place where the foundation is a little stronger than, than the city. And, and so for us, we need to be that example. Uh, and, and, and even though we, we have to sometimes tell people, hey, that thing that you're doing, that goes against God's word. And you need to repent of it. And that's not saying it ugly. That's just being truthful. 
And if they go, you know what, man, keep your, keep your mind out of my business. And I'll be like, okay, no worries. But at least I try. Because we're going to see Daniel do that. Daniel, Daniel does that. Let's go to verse 20. It says, the tree that you saw, and this is the dream itself being interpreted. The tree that you saw which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens in which, and which could be seen all by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, and which uh, was food for all, and under, the, under which the uh, beasts of the field dwelt, and in, his, uh, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens, uh, birds of heaven had their home. It is you, O king. So that's the king. Now, you have to understand there has not been another empire like King Nebuchadnezzar until the Roman Empire when Jesus shows up. This empire ruled the world. He had everything. Anything he wanted, he had. And, and so he's telling them, it's you, O king. You're that, you're that tree who have grown, uh, grown and become strong for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens and your dominion uh, to the end of the earth. And as in much as the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and its roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and, and bronze in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with dew of the, of the heaven, and let him graze with the beast of the field till seven times pass over. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of, my, uh, of the Most High, which has come upon the Lord the king. They shall drive you from men. You, uh, your dwelling shall be with beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with uh, the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over till you know the Most High rules uh, in the kingdom of man and gives it to whoever he chooses. And verse 26 says, And as much as uh, they gave the command to leave the stump of, uh, and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after uh, you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let it be my advice, be acceptable to you to break off your sins uh, by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor perhaps may uh, be lengthening of your prosperity. And Daniel is, is telling him, and, and that's why he's saying this revelation is coming from God. And this is what's going to happen to you, king. And he's very loving and gentle in his approach, seasoned with salt. Because he says, my Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. Daniel is, is sharing this dream knowing that he could be killed. And, and yet he, he, has to, he has to tell them. And that's important for us. Like if in, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, if I, if I speak in tongues of man and of angels, but I have not loved, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It's a reminder to us is the things that we do, it has to have agape love. It has to be uh, that, that love from Christ as we share with people. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all have been beaten over the head by the Bible. I have. And, and, and for a period of two weeks in a tent and in the desert until we had to get that guy kicked out of our tent. Now, that guy cared more about my salvation than I did. But the way that he approached it from the time we woke up to the time we went to bed, he wouldn't stop. And, and there was no love in it. There was no grace in it. And he did it to everybody. And instead of pulling people to Christ, he pushed them away. 
And this is a good example for us from, from Daniel is that he, I mean, he, he takes the time to, to, uh, to share the truth, but he does it with love. But he doesn't hide the truth. He doesn't hide the truth, and that's very important. We, we need to be truthful about what's going on. If somebody tells you they're involved in something, they're, I'm struggling with this, don't hide the truth. That goes against God's word. This is what God's word says. They get upset. They're upset with God. They're not upset with me. Because that's God's word. Ephesians 4.15 says, Rather speaking truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. We speak truth in love. And that's why he says, it's, it's you, O king. It's you. And it's a reminder with David, with King David. It's almost that same moment. Remember when Nathan visits King David and, and, and uh, he tells him about the lamb and David gets upset. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this should surely die. And he, sh- he shall restore the fourfold of the land because he did, a thing, uh, did this thing and because he had no pity. And then uh, uh, Nathan said in verse 7, and said to, Daniel, uh, to David, You are the man. It's you. You're the one who sinned. Thus the Lord of God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wife into your keeping and gave you uh, the house of Israel and Judah. And, it, and if, it, if that had been uh, too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the, the commandment of your Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife have killed him with the sword of the people of Amnon. And now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and, and have taken the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your, your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up an adversary against you from your own house. It goes on to verse 13. And then so David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has to put away your sin. You shall not die. So the same thing that happens, the reason why I give that story is because it's that same aha moment. His sin's revealed. But what are you going to do when your sin's revealed? Are you going to repent? Because David's repenting. And that's the same opportunity that King Nebuchadnezzar has. Because he, God gives him grace. He, says, he tells him, Your kingdom's going to go on. Your kingdom will continue, but you need to repent. And so he laid out the dream, and, and, and within the dream, he's like, you are the tree. You're strong, but God's going to cut it down. God's decided to, uh, to deal with you. And then he tells him, you're going to live as an animal. Now, we, we're not sure if seven times is seven years or seven months, uh, but he's going to be living as an animal for quite some time. And Daniel shares the truth with him. And, and so we need to remember that we, we need to have that grace and truth. We, we reject the sin, but we want to help the sinner. And so we need to have compassion for the lost. It says in verse 27, it says, Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may uh, perhaps be lengthening of your prosperity. Daniel's warning him now. Daniel's trying to give him advice to repent. 
because maybe God will put this off. He's trying to let them know, hey, you can walk away from this and repent. Ask God to forgive you. Change what you're doing. Change the direction that you're going and go the other direction. And yet he's not going to heed the warning. And there are people that we have in our life that have that, you know, that we'll share with. And, and unfortunately, they, they continue in the sin that they're in. And we try to minister to them. And, and it gets to a point where it's not going to be us that plant. You know, we may have planted a seed at some point, but it's not going to be us that, that wins that person over to Christ sometimes. It'll be somebody else that God sends. That's why you don't ever stop praying for them. That's why you don't stop asking other people to pray for them. Because God hears that. And God will send people and, and, and convict that person of their sin. And, and they will choose to follow Jesus Christ. And you go, man, I've been trying to reach that person for years. Who, who, who was it? It ends up being somebody at work or something. That God put a Christian at the same place he's working. Or her where she's working. And God puts them there. And that relationship builds because that person sees them five days a week, right? And, and it's just slow conversations, and then they end up coming to know Christ. And so we don't, we don't give up on people. That's one of the things, like this is one of the things with Daniel. This dude, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar had murdered people. <laughs> I mean, he, he's done horrific stuff. And yet, that's the compassion he had. And it should be the same compassion that we have. Sadly, this king is ruled by pride. And he won't turn from his sin. And Satan had him right where he needed him. And that's what happened with, with a lot of people. Uh, one of the things that I remember is, I remember seeing this illustration of how God, uh, you know, somebody turns or, or chooses not to follow God, and Satan makes them so comfortable, and yet they're in a jail, but the door's not locked. They don't want to get out of it. They're in that comfort. Satan's got them right where where he wants them and so we we need to we need to be willing to 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 share the truth with them and let them know that if they continue down that road their their eternity is going to be in hell and 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 we need to be truthful about that and we talked about the thing with the babylon b and uh, we need to be intentional with the gospel and I still, to, as I watch that, it, it turns my stomach how bad they shared the gospel. This Christian organization, they, they didn't present the gospel at all. And they had an opportunity, because you have to understand, it's not just Elon Musk they're talking to. It's the 47,000 or the 80,000 people that have watched the video. And they think that all you have to do is put your thumbs up to receive Jesus Christ. And there's nothing about repentance that was shared. There's nothing about receiving Christ into your heart. There's nothing about talking about turning away from your sins. None of that stuff. It, it's just, it, it's sad. But we need to remember that we need to, we need to be intentional. But you need to also understand the gospel. That's what we shared this weekend. That Christ had to suffer, right? That Christ was going to be rejected. That Christ was going to die on the cross for the sins of this world. For your sins and my sins. And then be resurrected. It's the sim simplicity of the gospel. All, who are sinners? We all are. Every one of us. What is the debt for your sin? Death. You're guilty. The only person that can pay that sin is Jesus Christ. And so we need to be able to share the gospel with people. 
Now, unfortunately, sometimes people will still choose to follow the wicked path that they're on. Isaiah 55, verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Uh, the moment that you return to Christ, or you, uh, you give your life over to Christ, there's mercy. There's blessing. And, and we think we're giving up so much. And, and, you know, I don't know about you, if I think about my old life and I look back of it, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. You know, it's, it's being able to, to explain grace to people because people don't just, they, they don't think they deserve it. They don't think they deserve to be forgiven. I'm talking to people that have been addicted to drugs and they, they think that God would never save me if he knew what I did. I'm like, dude, if you knew what I did, <laughs> you know, it's like if you knew what I did, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's one of the things I love is that, you know, when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit and, and we can live this life. And, and God gives us the strength and the, and the direction. Now, I was just reading today about God's word and how, how God's word is, is that special revelation that, that directs our steps. That's what God's Word is. That's why we have the Bible. When people go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You need to open God's Word up. It's, it's God's special revelation to you. Everything you need to know how to be a father, how to be a mother, how to, how to be a, a worker in, in, the, in the world, everything's in there. How to be parents. It's, it's all in there. Our instructions are in God's Word. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct, but we have the mind of Christ. The unsaved people are walking spiritually blind in this world. And, and, and the Christian, the mature Christian who has spiritual discernment, actually filled with the Holy Spirit, can share the gospel with somebody. And you go, I could never talk to anybody. I, I, that's not who I am. You can. You have the power of the Holy Spirit, and you You can. You can do that. I thought, man, I, I, I remember showing up to a, um, we went to a, a church that was doing, it wasn't even our church. We used to do that stuff all the time. Me and Vic would go and, and because we knew all the guys who were in Christian hip hop here in the city. And if they had something going on, they needed help, we would go help them. And so we showed up at the church and they were like, hey, Mike, can you host the event? And I was like, yeah, I've never done that before. And then Vic, we needed somebody because we were on the west side. We were like, we need somebody who can speak Spanish. Vic, can you share your testimony in Spanish? Never done it before. Let me go over here and pray. That's the Holy Spirit. That's nothing that we do. That's what God did. They had so many people come to know faith that night. And it's what the Lord does. It's taking that step of faith and just saying, you know what, God, I want you to direct my stuff. Let me just every day asking that. Daniel lived a life that way. This is why Daniel is the way that he is. It's because God, God cared about, about Daniel, and Daniel had cared about his relationship with God. Verse 28 says, All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar, and at the end of the 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. It's been 12 months, 12 months since he had spoken with Daniel, and he did not turn away from his sin. He had 12 months to repent and refused to. 
And the king answered and said, and this is where he, this is where pride will get you every time. Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal resident and for the glory of my majesty. And God had had enough. That was it. He was saying, look at me. Look how amazing and powerful I am. You know people like that? I, I know people like that. Extremely narcissistic. You know what makes people more narcissistic today? Those phones. Everybody wants to be online. Everybody wants to be a star. Everybody thinks their opinion matters. It doesn't. I have people share stuff and I'm like, you know, where, where are you at? Where, where, are you in your word? <laughs> you know, what's going on? And, and at the end of the day, we need to remember, it's like we serve God. When we're, when we're saying, look at me, look at, look at the power, and, and, and look how wise I am, we're in trouble. That's why it tells us in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, and I won't read the whole thing. Y'all can read that when you get time. But it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because... What may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. God had shown it to King Nebuchadnezzar, and he, he refused it. And that's when people's hearts are darkened. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen by understand, understood by the things that are made, even his internal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful but they were futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. They refused to follow God. And you want to follow God, but your sin is now controlling you. You're an enemy of God. You don't want to let go of your sin. And this is the same thing with King Nebuchadnezzar. That pride that he had, he ain't letting go of it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Whose mind the God of this age has blinded? Satan who do not uh, believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, He who sins uh, is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In verse 31, it says, While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall, now, uh, you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and you shall, be, uh, you shall be made to eat grass like ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of, of man and gives it to whom he will. In verse 33 it says, Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar, he was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox. And his body was wet with dew and of, his, of heaven till his, uh, his hair gray uh, grew as long as uh, eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird claws. And he says this will happen seven times. And seven in the Bible is the, a complete number. In Psalm 8 verses 6 and 8 it says, You have made him... To the dominion over the works of, of your hands, you shall put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even beasts of the, of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass uh, through in the paths of the sea. When we reject God, we'll be worse than an animal. Because see, an animal has instincts to do what? 
to eat, sleep, and appropriate. That's all they do. That's what they do. And, you know, we, we, we have a conscience. And yet this man's instincts was to reject God. And now it's, he's going to be worse than the animal. And this king had ruled for 45 years. And this is where he's at, outside eating grass. And you say, well, can someone actually be an animal? Yeah, there's actually something called uh, zonorophia. They actually believe they're animals and they live their life as animals. I've seen this online. It's crazy. People are, people are so lost, they need to come to know Christ. Yeah, people that are, are trying to, to stop being human and be a cat. They want to change their... And, and it's crazy. But this is where this is happening in Europe. And Europe is allowing it. They're allowing them to make the choices. And, and, and you, you kind of go, man, there, are there, is, there, is, there, is everything functioning here? No, they need Christ. They need Christ. And salvation comes when we hit, when we hit the point of, of ending, uh, we get to the end of ourself. And this is actually going to be the point where Nebuchadnezzar hits that point. And yet, you know, God had to put him there. And so if you, if you don't think God will not deal with your sin, oh, it's coming. He'll deal with it. If you think what you're doing is in the dark and it's never going to come to light, it'll come to light. You need to repent. You need to walk away from it. You know, we, we forget that. In Luke 15, verses 13 through 24, it says, Not many days later the younger son gathered, and he had took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose, that the country, and he began to be in need. So, that went, uh, so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens to, uh, of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he had came to himself, this is the, a moment that in Scripture that we need to highlight. Because sometimes, even as believers, we need to, we need to get to that, that come-to-Jesus moment. Have you ever prayed that for somebody? Man, they need to have that come-to-Jesus moment. He came to himself, and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, and before you. He's repenting. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's Christ who loves us. When we repent, he comes to us. He forgives you. He has compassion on you. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put on a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring a fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this is my son. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate. It's, that's a beautiful piece of scripture because it's a reminder to us that, that God forgives. God forgives. And, and you would think, you know, a lot of people think when, well, I'm going to get in trouble for repenting. There's grace, love, and mercy. And blessing for forgiving. God blesses you for walking away from it. Verse 34 says, At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. So this is King Nebuchadnezzar's moment. 
And my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever for His dominion is everlasting dominion. And His kingdom endures from generation to generation. What clarity He has now about who God is. He's speaking truths that are still truths to this day. That God's kingdom is forever and ever. And that God's kingdom and dominion is everlasting. And who's in control? God's in control. Even though we, we look at the United States and we go, man, there's no way that guy's in control, right? Something's not right. I heard him in the news conference today. But God's in control. We still need to be praying. We still need to be praying for our administration and our Congress and, and that they would have that come to Jesus moment. And if God needs to expose some stuff and God needs to bring people to their knees, then let's do that. Because America needs to get back to God. That's what we've forgotten. Is that we're a nation that was founded on biblical principles and who God is. And the atheists even agreed that we needed it. You got to have some kind of law. And they were like, well, let's use the Bible. We need to, we need to get back to that. Look, I, I respect every president that's in that office. I respect the office. But we need to, as Christians, be praying for no matter how much things seem so dark, you need to be praying. Because in this type of mess that we're in is when people come to no faith. I hate to say it. When we're, in our, when we're struggling and we're suffering and going through that, that's when people are looking for answers. And you need to be ready to share it just like Daniel did. And do it with love and grace. To have compassion the way that Jesus did for Jerusalem. Even though he knew, like, they're not going to turn. They're going to reject me and kill me, and then this place is going to be destroyed. And he wept for them. In verse 35, all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And none can stay, uh, stay his hand or stay, uh, say to him, what have you done? And how many of us have done that with God? What are you doing, God? What have you done, God? You need to stop doing that. He's God. He's in control. Verse 36 says, At the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and my splendor returned to me. God returned the man's kingdom. He's still in charge. Can you imagine the people that were, Dude, you've been in the field eating grass, and now you're back in charge again? What in the world, right? But he's in charge again. My counselors and my Lord sought me, and I was established in my kingdom. And still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, it reminds me of Job, what Job goes through. Job loses everything, but then God blesses him with so much more. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and honor the king of heaven for all his work are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he's able to humble. That is King Nebuchadnezzar's testimony. He walked in pride, and God humbled him and brought him to what? Belief. He went from pride to humility to belief. See, sometimes as Christians, we're ready to jump in and help people. And, and I say this for myself because I've done this with my kids, my own kids. And guess what? Sometimes I need to hold back and let the Holy Spirit do the work <laughs> that the Holy Spirit needs to do. I need to pray about it and ask God to give me discernment and let me know what I'm doing. 
And I know we've had, uh, we, we've had that happen here in the church where people have stepped out in faith and done what God has called them to do, and I, I love that. that. That makes me, like, that, that encourages me to keep stepping out in faith and doing what God's calling me to do because that's, that's, what, that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. And all. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold, his soul is puffed up and is not upright with him but the righteous shall live by faith. God will deal with pride. And we know the, the famous verse in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And so we know that as, as King Nebuchadnezzar, he fell because of his pride. But he also received grace from God. God, God uh, in, in an amazing way, returned the kingdom to him. And so this is an encouragement for me tonight as well and, and to remind me to be careful of pride, right? Are, are, do you, are you prideful? Are you puffed up about some things? If you are, you need to repent of that and, 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 and ask God to, to humble you if you need to. But you need to walk away from that pride. It's an encouragement for you tonight too to see that Daniel had such compassion for this man who was evil. And you think about Paul. Paul was the same way. Paul was killing people. He was killing Christians, right? No different than the Taliban, just killing people, and they come to no faith. It's that compassion that we need to have. We see the, the, the joy of when truth is given, what, is, what does he do? He, he repents. What did the prodigal son do? He repented. He came to the end of himself, and sometimes that's us too. And that's even as Christians. Even though your past, your present, your future sins have been forgiven, in this life that we're in, we're going through the sanctification process of our life. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we can get prideful and think that we got it all figured out. I've been there before. And God shows you. I can replace you tomorrow. You're not that important. And it's, it's true. And so we need to remember to have humility. And, and, you know, if you're given opportunities to share the gospel with somebody, don't, don't, don't forget. Remember even Jesus, when he shared with the woman at the well, he, he told her, uh, the person you're living with is not your husband. He shared truth with her, okay? And I know that's, that's really hard to do. But if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will not be a noisy clanging gong. You'll, you'll, you'll do it with love, with agape love and with truth and with grace. And if you go, man, I have tried three or four times to share with that person. You know what you do? Start praying for them. You throw them in that prayer box. You, you say, hey, can y'all start praying for this person? You get people to start praying. And let me tell you something. When God starts hearing that knocking and on heaven's door, let me tell you, God, God hears it. And God will hear your prayer and answer it. I, I know that because my sister-in-law prayed for her husband for 12 or 15 years. It was a long time to come to no faith. It took a long time. And God got a hold of him. And let me tell you, he couldn't sleep. <laughs> he, he had no peace. And I, I don't mean to laugh at that, but he had, I remember when he came into the church. He's like, I can't sleep. I've been trying to sleep for more than two days. I haven't been able to sleep. And Joe just looked at him and said, God's trying to get a hold of you. And that day, he gave his life to Christ. And not only did he, he give his life to Christ, he stood up. When he asked, can I, anybody want to see, he bounced up. 
went up front and gave his life to the Lord. And his wife had been praying, had been trying to share it and live it. And over time, the seeds were planted. And he gave them no faith. He had to come to the end of himself, just like we did. And, and let me tell you, it's, he's, there are many people like Greg. There are many people like me that needed somebody just to share the gospel, just to love. The one thing I remember when I first showed up at Grace Calvary Chapel was just the love that was given to me when I walked through the door and the brokenness that I was and that somebody could love me even though I was a mess. It's that agape love and they share truth with me. So we need to be sharing the gospel. This again, this is just as we end, this is King Nebuchadnezzar's testimony. This is a, a Babylonian king not even a Jew, a Gentile who came to know Christ or came to know God, the Most High God, right? And, and who did he tell? The whole world. He send letters out to everybody. Let them know about the Most High God, right? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray and we just lift up this time to you, Lord. We pray that you would place people in our lives, Lord, that we could share the gospel with, each one of us. Even those that are watching online, Lord, that you would, uh, this week, uh, that you would have at least one person come into our path that we could share the gospel with by this weekend. And I pray that we would. I pray that we would share who Christ is and why Christ came and, and uh, what it means to repent and what it means to receive Christ. And, and I, I just pray that we would do that. I pray also, Lord, if there's anybody dealing with some kind of sin or are, are dealing with uh, pride that they would set that down and, and, and just leave it and repent and turn away from it. And I, I just pray for Sunday's message as well as, as we get into the cost of discipleship. It's a, it's a very hard message. A lot of people don't understand sometimes what the cost is. Um, a lot of people have one foot in the church and one foot in the world still. And uh, I, I pray that as... As, you know, as we, we think about Calvary Chapel Divine, that we would understand the cost of discipleship and that we would disciple those that come through the door and that we would share the gospel with those outside the door. The church has not grown from the inside, it's grown from the out. Uh, we know that people come to know faith and, uh, at the Walmart or at, the, at True Value or either even at the, the, the tractor store or H-E-B. And we need to be sharing, sharing the Lord with them, sharing Christ with them. And I pray that you give us the opportunities to do that. I thank you so much, Lord, for the kids this evening and pray for the message that they learn tonight, that you would be with them and, and just encourage them to tell other kids about Christ. And I thank you so much for this church, Lord, and just, the, um, uh, just everyone here, Lord, that came out on a Wednesday night. And, we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to bless them, bless their families, bless their marriages. Uh, provide for them, Lord. Um, and we pray for our president. We pray for the administration. We pray for the Congress and the Senate. We pray, Lord, that we would return to Christ, that we would return to God, and, and that we would be a nation that would do what is right for the people and, and guided by you. Uh, I, we just ask for that, Lord. Uh, we thank you so much for this city. Uh, we pray for this county, and we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to bless them uh, and, and the other pastors in this town as well, Lord. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.